Welcome back. Uh, I'm me, Vishal, and uh, Tina, my colleague, is uh, we're still here with you. And uh, this time around, we're going to talk about rural economy. Uh, Professor Abhinav Prakash uh, is uh, still uh, joining us. We also have with us uh, Professor Arvind Mohan from the Department of Economics, University of Lucknow. And let's try and understand. Uh, let me begin with you, uh, Professor Mohan. Let's first look at the key takeaways when we talk about uh, the rural economy for this particular budget. Professor Mohan, you will have to unmute yourself, sir. See, this budget uh, focuses significantly on the rural sector. And particularly, it is talking about, uh, in the current financial, it is talking about the kind of support which has been extended to the rural sector. Particularly, uh, the support to the Kharif crop and the Ravi crop. And the kind of increase that we have been uh, noticing in last year and even in 2019-20, uh, so there has been significant expenditure and obviously given the COVID kind of a crisis, government's focus was to sustain people in a backdrop of significant fall in uh, income and employment. So that's what the government has done. And here again, uh, that intervention is being continued because the anticipation is that uh, the crisis is not running away in a hurry. At least this year, the kind of support which is required will continue. Uh, so I think to that much, I think the budget is very interesting. Uh, Nirbha Bharat, uh, the finance minister presented that over 27 lakh crore worth of expenditure was committed in the current financial. See, uh, I would have also wanted to see that uh, particularly uh, almost 2 lakh crore worth of agri-produce is lost annually. Uh, it goes rotten because of lack of uh, warehousing, uh, logistics lines and cold chain. Mm-hmm. So I would have uh, at least expected a reference from the finance minister because uh, this kind of a budget, you have very limited leeway as far as your expenditure from the government side is concerned. So I would have also wanted that maybe, uh, probably there may be more in uh, the fine print. Uh, but as far as the speech is concerned, what I could see as of now, uh, had there been a roadmap uh, it would have been uh, uh, the impact of this budget would have been even uh, wider. But okay. nonetheless, I think it's a very interesting, good effort by the government, given the extraordinary, difficult circumstances, the backdrop where we are starting from. I think it's a very good intervention, mm-hmm. particularly on health and also on the rural sector. Okay. Okay. So good effort, Professor Arvind Mohan. Abhinav Prakash ji, I would like to come to you. When the government says that our goal is to pay for two guna to 2022, so what can you show in today's budget to talk about the rural sector? Uh, see, uh, the एग्रीकल्चर मिनिस्ट्री के बजट को करीब 5% बढ़ाया गया है और जो आपके एमएसपी हैं इन्होंने इंश्योर किया है कि वो प्रोडक्शन कॉस्ट के 1.5 टाइम्स रहें उसके कारण आपने देखा है कि प्रोक्योरमेंट में और जो है पेमेंट टू द फार्मर्स जो है उसको काफी स्ट्रीमलाइन किया गया है और एक जो बड़ी चीज इसमें सामने इन्होंने इसमें इसमें फोकस किया है वो है एक जो इनकी स्वामित्व स्कीम थी कि आपके जो प्रॉपर्टी राइट्स हैं गांव में उनका एक प्रॉपर रिकॉर्ड हो क्योंकि अभी तक प्रॉब्लम क्या थी भारत में कि प्रॉपर्टी डिस्प्यूट गांव में बहुत होते थे तो आपके मैक्सिमम जो जो केसेस हैं अदालतों में जुडिशरी में वो प्रॉपर्टी डिस्प्यूट्स होते थे वो हमसे चलते रहते तो उसके कारण जो किसान होते थे जो उनको काफी नुकसान हो रहा था क्योंकि अपने जमीन को ना वो यूज कर पाते थे 
या उस पर डिस्प्यूट में फंसी रहती थी तो स्वामित्व स्कीम पे जो है इन्होंने फोकस किया है और उसके अलावा आप देखेंगे इसको जो है जो एग्रीकल्चरल क्रेडिट का जो टारगेट है वो करीब 16.5 लाख करोड़ इसमें रखा गया है और वो बहुत बड़ी बात है क्योंकि क्रेडिट फ्लो एक हमेशा समस्या रही है गांव में खेती में अधिकतर लोग जो है इसके कारण बैंकों में बैंकों से क्रेडिट नहीं मिल पाने के कारण हमेशा जो है साहूकारों के पास ये मनी लेंडर्स के पास अभी भी जाते हैं पंजाब में खासतौर पर समस्या रही है कि जो अड़हतियाज होते हैं वो मनी लेंडर की तरह भी एक्ट करते हैं उनका काफी कंट्रोल रहता है सरकारी मंडी पे सो एग्रीकल्चरल क्रेडिट अगर लोगों को इजिली एक्सेसिबल रहेगा तो उसके कारण भी जो है आपकी किसानों को ज्यादा फ्रीडम रहेगी उनकी ज्यादा इनकम पर भी असर पड़ेगा उसके अलावा आप देखिए इन्होंने एक पूरा फंड बनाया है जो गांव में आपके इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर डेवलपमेंट को लेके करीब 40,000 करोड़ उसको जो है इस बार एलोकेट किया गया है और मेरे ख्याल से वो काफी बड़ी बात है क्योंकि गांव में इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर स्पेंडिंग क्योंकि देखिए इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर बेहतर होगा गाँव में तो अपने आप ही इनकम में भी असर पड़ता है क्योंकि अगर फार्मर्स की इनकम की बात है तो वो आवश्यक नहीं है कि हमेशा से उनकी खेती या उनकी फसल से ही आए उसकी जो अलाइड एक्टिविटीज भी होती हैं उसके आसपास उससे भी एक इफेक्ट आता है इनकम पे तो उसको लेके फोकस करने की कोशिश की गई है उसके अलावा इरिगेशन पे देखेंगे माइक्रो इरिगेशन पे दस हजार करोड़ का इसमें एलोकेशन किया गया है उसके अलावा इन्होंने और भी स्कीम्स हैं जैसे आपके ई नैम को और स्ट्रेंथन करने की स्कीम है ऑपरेशन ग्रीन स्कीम की गई है कि जो आपके बाईस पेरिशेबल प्रोडक्ट्स हैं उनके भी वैल्यू एडिशन को किस तरह से इंक्रीज किया जाए तो इस बजट में काफी छोटे छोटे स्कीम से फोकस किया गया है लेकिन ओवरऑल जो इसकी जो जो थीम है वो ये है कि क्रेडिट फ्लो को ज्यादा बढ़ाया जाए और इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर क्रिएट किया जाए गांव में ताकि पूरे गांव की इकॉनमी को और खेती को जो है इसका फायदा मिल सके बिल्कुल बिल्कुल। Uh, you know, uh, sectors uh, as far as agri, agriculture or rural economy is concerned, there seems to be a lot of focus there. As I can, you know, go ahead and uh, uh, look at it, uh, raising fish, produ uh, fish production as well uh, by 200 lakh tons. Then uh, the aim is to double milk production capacity uh, by 2025. Uh, the NABARD refinancing scheme uh, to be expanded further as well. So all these aspects, if we are looking at, looks like you know the allied uh, activities in the agri sector, which obviously are are. Key component of the rural economy, they also are uh, uh, the focus areas. Yeah, I think you rightly mentioned that uh, for some time, as a matter of fact, fisheries and animal husbandry have been major uh, focus areas for the government. And this budget actually carries forward that idea. There are clear provisions for fisheries, how to promote fisheries uh, across the country, and there are also equally uh, relevant interventions as far as animal husbandry is concerned. So. Uh, to that extent i think uh, uh, we have enough evidence for some time that when you are even looking at employment generation uh, interestingly there has been a shift towards non agrarian employment in the rural sector almost uh, uh, close to around 6 out of 10 jobs are now coming from non agrarian employment so that certainly is an area where much of employment can be generated in the rural area and that is where the focus is coming so much of it can actually happen in animal husbandry much of it can happen in uh, fisheries and also i think it's important to read the msme idea along with this agrarian intervention okay so there is significant focus on msme and i think to a very large extent that in the rural areas i think is a major area of second generation reform to some extent this budget tries to address that also so if these things begin to grow gradually we will find that the incomes in hands of rural people farmers and others i think that will rise significantly and there is a strong need to generate employment in the rural area 
because uh, informal sector has seen serious disruption uh, for some time and uh, agriculture and allied activities in rural areas are not uh, is the story is not that they are not impacted they are as much impacted okay. so i think these as you are uh, when you, uh, the different ideas which are coming uh, from the budget as they get woven together i think lots of good can uh, move forward एक और स्ट्राइकिंग फीचर विशाल जो जब हम एग्रीकल्चर सेक्टर रूरल इकोनॉमी की बात करते हैं उस तहत ये रही है कि वन नेशन वन राशन कार्ड स्कीम को सरकार ने जो है ये इनेबल किया है कि माइग्रेंट वर्कर्स खास करके उन उस वर्क के लिए काफी बेनिफिशियल रहेगा कि वो जहां हैं वहीं से स्कीम का लाभ उठा सकते हैं अभिनव प्रकाश जी इस स्कीम से किस वर्क को सबसे ज्यादा और अगर देखें माइग्रेंट वर्कर्स की बात करें तो हमने देखा लॉकडाउन के शुरुआती दिनों में उनको कई तरह की मुश्किलें मुश्किलों का सामना करना पड़ा उस एस्पेक्ट में अगर देखें तो ये कितना बेनिफिशियल रहेगा खास करके उस वर्क के लिए जी देखिए ये इसमें हम रिवाइज एस्टिमेट देखें जो बजट के साथ आया है कि पिछले फाइनेंशियल ईयर में किस तरीके से जो फूड सब्सिडी थी इस पर काफी सरकार ने खर्च किया था और गांव में जो मनरेगा है उस पर इस पर काफ़ी एलोकेशन बढ़ाया गया था रिवाइज एस्टिमेट में वो दिख रहा है तो so, एक सरकार की जो सरकार ने जो लास्ट ईयर किया था एक बहुत बड़ा सेफ्टी नेट क्रिएट कर दिया था कि हमारे जो माइग्रेंट लेबरर्स जो शहरों से वापस जा रहे हैं उनको लेके जो है एक उनको एक मिनिमम बेसिक जो है सपोर्ट पहुँचाने की कोशिश की थी लेकिन अब जो अब, अब, जैसे लॉकडाउन आपका खत्म हो गया है और जिस से पैंडेमिक भी थोड़ा कम होता जा रहा है तो जाहिर सी बात है कि माइग्रेंट वर्कर्स अब वापस लौटने लगे हैं बड़े बड़े शहर में आप देखेंगे वापस से मजदूर वापस आने लगे हैं लेकिन पहले जो समस्या होती थी कि आपकी जो आपने पैंडेमिक में देखा कि राशन पहुंचाने की समस्या होती थी बहुत सारे मजदूरों को जो राज्य सरकारें थी वो राशन नहीं दे रही थी खासतौर पर दिल्ली में बहुत समस्या थी कि आपका यहाँ पे राशन कार्ड नहीं है आपका राशन कार्ड बिहार का है या मध्य प्रदेश का है और जो तीसरी बात आ रही थी कि डेटा हमारे पास नहीं था सरकार के पास तो ये जो वन नेशन वन कार्ड का वन राशन कार्ड की जो परिकल्पना है बिकास इन तीनों मुद्दों को वो एड्रेस करती है अब आप कहीं भी रहेंगे भारत में आपको जो है रेशन अवेलेबल हो सकता है सरकार के पास एक डेटाबेस रहेगा कि हमारे लोग जो माइग्रेंट वर्कर्स हैं उसको ट्रैक करने का एक इनडायरेक्ट वे रहेगा कि किस शहरों में कितना कॉन्सेंट्रेशन है और तीसरी बात है कि कोई भी राज्य सरकार अब डिस्क्रिमिनेट नहीं कर पाएगी कि आप जो है यहाँ के निवासी नहीं आप किसी दूसरे राज्य के निवासी हैं ये हमने पैंडेमिक में बहुत ज़्यादा देखा था कि ऐसा हो रहा था तो आपका जब इंटाइटलमेंट है जो पूरे देश में अगर मान्य होगा तो सबसे ज्यादा फायदा जो आपका मजदूर वर्ग है और गांव की अगर हम बात करें तो गांव में बहुत बड़ा तबका भूमिहीन किसानों का होता है या छोटे या मार्जिनल किसानों का होता है जो अपनी खेती की इनकम को अपने मजदूरी से या माइग्रेट करके इनकम को सप्लीमेंट करता है तो उस वर्ग को बहुत बड़ा फायदा इसका होने वाला है मेरे ख्याल से ये बहुत ही अच्छा स्टेप है माइग्रेंट लेबरर्स के परस्पेक्टिव से देखा जाए तो और इसके आने वाले समय में जैसे रोल आउट होना शुरू होगा जैसे ज्यादा राज्य सरकार इसको इम्प्लीमेंट करेंगी इसके फायदे हम देख पाएंगे बिल्कुल ना सिर्फ डेटा कलेक्ट करने में सरकार के लिए ये मददगार साबित होगा बल्कि उनके लिए कई तरह की स्कीम्स भी सरकार लागू कर सकेगी जी बिल्कुल काफी महत्वपूर्ण है वो एरिया भी और एक और बहुत ही महत्वपूर्ण बात है और इम्पोर्टेंट एस्पेक्ट है अभिनव आप ही के पास आना चाहूंगा दोबारा एक जीरो बजट फार्मिंग का जो कॉन्सेप्ट है उसको लेकर आपको लगता है कि बजट में एक बार फिर से उसको फोकस एरिया के तौर पर रखा गया और कुछ और थोड़ा सा और आगे बढ़ने की जरूरत है उसमें क्योंकि वो बहुत महत्वपूर्ण हो जाता है जब हम किसानों की आय दुगनी करने की बात करते हैं और एज ए रिजल्ट हम रूरल इकोनॉमी को स्ट्रेंथन करने की बात करते हैं नॉट मच आइडिया अबाउट जीरो बजट फार्मिंग एज सच 
but I think uh, many people have also objected to it that it's not very scientific as you go forward with this idea. आपको जो करना होगा कि आपको जो आपकी प्रोडक्शन कॉस्ट है इसको आपको लो कर सकते हैं लेकिन जीरो बजट फार्मिंग में खासे जो मेरा है कि बहुत ज्यादा सक्सेसफुल जब से इम्प्लीमेंट हुआ है वो देखने को मिला नहीं है क्योंकि उस अप्रोच में कई लोगों ने कमियां निकाली हैं बट अगेन नॉट मच आइडिया अबाउट हाउ डी एग्रीकल्चर इज डन एक्चुअली सो आई कमेंट ऑन दैट ओके प्रोफेसर मोहन योर व्यूज देयर ऑन ऑन द कांसेप्ट ऑफ जीरो बजट फार्मिंग एंड हाउ इट कैन हेल्प फर्दर यू आस्किंग मी यस सी आई थिंक इन सम लोकेशंस इट हैज सीन सम सक्सेस अक्रॉस द कंट्री but i think is still in a nascent stage and gradually as binav has rightly said i think we have to give some time to understand that uh, how much replication is required because in rural areas there can be many many other ideas which can actually be taken forward uh, most importantly i think connect with the market is extremely important two things are very important one is the idea of msp to ensure that is social safety net remains for the farmers second that the apmc act uh, uh, we we are kind of uh, maybe diluting the apmc act and uh, bringing the market into picture uh-huh. so uh, the idea is not to completely abolish the apmc segment so i think this budget uh, tries to address three, from three corners okay uh, already the, there were three bills which are major reform interventions as far as agriculture is concerned and there the issue of msp has been uh, coming up time and again but it needs to be understood what uh, the finance minister focuses in this budget we have seen that significant rise has been there as far as msp for say paddy is concerned very significant rise from 13 14 levels similar rise we have seen in kharif okay. but more importantly uh, if you go by uh, the statistics which is available 2007 report of government of india suggests that over a period of time demand for paddy and wheat has gone down and this is not in absolute sense in relative sense because incomes in the nation has grown significantly over a period of time and as income rises uh, we start purchasing those things which were not affordable to us for example mm-hmm. fruits vegetables milk etc now what we have seen now is there has been significant rise in msp of other commodities for example cotton okay uh, till 2014 cotton attracted only around 93 94 crore just 93 or 94 crore worth of msp support was provided okay this year it has gone up to 25000 crore so look at the transition and it's very important to focus on commodities other than paddy and rice because if we, we are really wanting that farmers have to uh, become uh, maybe more self reliant and their okay. livelihoods are to be improved then you have to look at many other crops other than paddy and wheat so okay. i think that kind of shift is being observed here okay. so that okay. is on the msp front uh, uh, professor mohan i'll i'll come back to you and uh, please stay with us i'll come back to uh, you know uh, professor uh, abhinav as well but we're also joined by mr amitabh khan the ceo of niti ayog uh, welcome to rajasabha television mr khan and uh, let me start by looking at the key focus areas when we are talking about this budget obviously health is one infrastructure is another but how do you interpret this particular budget uh, uh my personal view is that it's a very forward looking and a progressive budget it does not look at merely revitalizing india's economy from the pre covid uh, stage but taking india on a sustained growth path over the next 
three, four years. So it sets a clear direction that India has to get back into a high trajectory growth rate. And that's why this immense focus on infrastructure and immense focus on asset monetization, which is very, very critical to raise resources. Uh, and also this clear uh, continuation of the policy of uh, disinvestment. And my personal view is that uh, government is good at uh, doing certain things, for instance, it has created infrastructure, but is it's not that efficient in operation and maintenance. And therefore, whether it's gas grids, whether it's pipelines, whether it's warehouses or stadiums or uh, roads, where revenue streams have already started coming in, okay. you they'll be much better and more efficiently managed by the private sector through invits and REITs. And that will enable a lot of resources to come back for creation of fresh infrastructure. Second, I think the key challenge for the Indian economy was about uh, providing greater credit to the Indian economy. And what the uh, this particular budget does is, is recapitalizes the banks as well as talks about a new reconstruction and asset company, which will enable all the non-performing assets to be put at one place, but enable us really to make banks uh, push for greater lending. And the signal that uh, two banks will be privatized, one insurance company will be privatized, will push the banks to perform better and compete with the private sector banks and the private sector insurance companies. Okay. And that message was called for. And uh, this, to my mind, is I would rate this budget very, very high in taking India towards a high trajectory growth rate. Okay, okay. 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 So that's, with, the that's... Kind, with the kind of announcements, Mr. Khan, that, that have been made in the budget by the finance minister, with a special thrust on infrastructure and the healthcare sector coming after the COVID-19 pandemic, do you think it's going to you know, accelerate India's pre-COVID growth stage as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, not, um, you see, even this year, if we get back to uh, pre-COVID stage, because we've seen a decline in growth, uh, say, uh, close to about, uh, you know, minus 7.7. .7. So even if you uh, have high growth rate this year, you will come back to the pre-COVID stage. But what the budget does is that it should it it attempts to accelerate the growth to higher levels for the next two three years? It sets that trend in, and that is what will happen if we are able to focus on infrastructure. If we are able to focus on uh, you know uh, a vast range of uh, uh, disinvestment and asset monetization. Yes, and I think the Niti Aayog perhaps uh, in that aspect has a. Uh, task cut out, you know, Vishal, when it comes to preparing Definitely. a roadmap for this investment ahead. De Definitely, there is uh, that aspect there, and uh, that's why I'd like to bring Mr. Kant here uh, specifically on uh, uh, the disinvestment part where you spoke about earlier, Mr. Kant. Uh, you know, that is really, really important because obviously there is a lot of capital expenditure which is uh, uh, being talked about in the budget uh, in, in several sectors, infra, health, and elsewhere as well. But that money also needs to come from somewhere. So if you're looking at the disinvestment policy, uh, does this also signify the continuity as far as this particular policy is concerned? It's not about just this year. It's, it was not about last year, but for the next few years as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, disinvestment has been going on for the last about uh, 15 years in India. 
you know, it started during Congress government, but it went on during uh, Mr. Vajpayee's government and so on. So it's a continuation of the policy framework. What is now intended to be done is to, uh, you know, accelerate this and say that we'll continue with public sector only in four strategic areas. That is atomic energy, except, uh, you know, power, uh, coal and mines and financial and insurance sector. Four sectors where we'll have not more than three to four public sector, but all other areas we will privatize uh, our public sectors and that will bring in great amount of resources to the government to focus on education, health and nutrition, okay. which is what is important. A government job is to ensure that learning outcomes improve, health outcomes improve, nutrition improves. Uh, and it will also ensure that there is greater productive efficiency in the economy. Essentially, in the long run, India must become a very, very efficient economy in terms of productivity. And that is what this measure will do. Okay. Okay. Well, manufacturing and MSME, uh, you know, these are the two sectors, uh, Mr. Kant, which uh, actually took the hardest hit during the COVID pandemic. So if you look at this budget and, uh, you know, the way several steps have been taken for these two sectors, uh, if you could, uh, you know, give us the highlights and also how will these steps help uh, these sectors to, you know, come back on its uh, feet? So the budget, you know, has to be seen in uh, uh, in consonance with the Atmanirbhar package. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the three packages, it has to be seen in consonance with the fact that major structural reforms have been carried out across coal, mining, definition of MSME, a whole range of reforms have been carried out and then the production linked insurance scheme, uh, uh, production linked incentive scheme across 13 sectors, so which will make India a global manufacturing hub. So across 13 areas and the budget further pushes on that. And uh, one of the main reasons, uh, you know, the MSMEs will, you know, why you have a 6.8% fiscal deficit is because uh, the aim of the government is that it's better to help MSMEs at this stage. Right now is the time to accelerate their growth and assist them and support them mm -hmm. because they should not become NPAs on a later date. So both these are very important measures. Greater flow of credit to MSMEs uh, from financial institutions and also ensuring that India uh, benefits from the shift in global supply chains from the rest of the world to India. And actually India's growth will take place only if we are able to drive manufacturing in a big way. Okay, and yep. and uh, and what about uh, rural economy and specifically the agriculture sector, which has uh, been the you know a bedrock of uh, Indian economy? We have seen how it helped us during uh, the uh, pandemic period as well. So uh, you know the budget has actually laid a lot of emphasis on the agriculture sector, the farmers, especially our farmers. There's a lot of uh, emphasis on that. But in addition to the agri infra fund, which has been talked about of uh, increased outlay, uh, there's a huge emphasis on animal husbandry. Uh, there's a huge emphasis on uh, fisheries. There's a huge emphasis on diversified cropping and nutri-cell. And, you know, actually, uh, the budget, uh, agriculture and farming sectors are the heart of this budget.
Okay. okay. Also talking about the education sector, Mr. Khan, this particular budget was being seen as one that lays out a strong foundation for the new education policy that is to be rolled out very, very soon. In that aspect, how much of justice has been done through the, uh, the, the allocation, the, the, the measures that have been announced? And it's termed as reinvigorating human capital there. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think uh, rightly so the budget lays emphasis on education, it lays emphasis on health, it lays emphasis on nutrition. And this is all very critical because India's learning outcomes, health outcomes all have to improve. And they have, uh, you know, and that is unless and until the human development index, uh, we don't register a major improvement, it will be very difficult to do sustained growth over a long period of three decades or more. So what the budget really pushes for is greater efficiency, greater improvements in health learning outcomes and a huge focus, huge focus on nutrition. I think that's where the credit really grows. Yes, uh, and also emphasis on, on education, health and nutrition. Also on innovation and R&D, we see a significant allocation, a sum of 50,000 crore rupees for the next six years for the National Regional Foundation, which of course is going forward satisfactory. But taking on from what the economic survey uh, talked about when it came to innovation, the, the survey suggested that, you know, the private sector's role when it comes to innovation and trust on research and development has to be promoted. Going ahead, does the government plan to, you know, get in the private sector more, more vigorously when it comes to innovation and promoting research and development, sir? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't have innovation in a country. You can't have research without the private sector. And therefore... What you, the government has to be the facilitator, it has to be the catalyst and that's why when you see these utter tinkering labs, they are in both government and private schools, you have incubation centers across, startups from the private sector, all young entrepreneurs growing. We have over 55,000 startups, we are the second uh, best ecosystem in, of startups in the world today and you know, uh, what... Uh, uh, the, this government is pushing for is really the dynamism of innovation and R&D to drive India's growth in the coming years. Absolutely. Okay. And, and uh, two more aspects there before, uh, you know, uh, we let you go here. That is one, I'd like to bring you back on, on, the, on the health sector specifically because that has been the highlight and that has been the focus area as well. 137% jump there, obviously a lot of money. But Will it address those core areas where we were talking about linkages between primary, tertiary and secondary healthcare and also, you know, dealing with the regional imbalances when we talk about health infra? So, you know, health is essentially, a, we must understand is a state subject. Hello? Yes, yes, Hello. yes. We can hear you, sir. You're still with us. What do you can you hear? Can yes, you hear yes, me? Yes, Mr. Kant, we can hear you. You're still with us. Please continue, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so you know, we must understand that health, education, and nutrition are actually state subjects, and we have to continue to provide support to the states. But health, education, and nutrition are very, very important. And that is why, you know, in India, because of lack of tertiary care, 66 lakh people go below the poverty line because private tertiary care is very expensive. And therefore, the huge focus is being laid by this government on primary health and wellness centers. 
which is which integrates various disciplines it's a holistic form of medicine uh, where at the primary level itself so if we are able to improve primary healthcare use digitization and connect the primary health centers with district hospitals and are able to take care of the common citizens at the at the grassroots level in rural areas you will make a huge huge difference to the lives of the citizens of india and that is what this government plans to do with this new prime minister swasthya yojana okay okay one one more aspect here and that is banking and insurance sector mr kanta there seems to be a lot of important decisions which have been announced uh, in this particular budget vis-a-vis -vis these two sectors uh, you know uh, recapitalizing few banks there also uh, as far as insurance sector is concerned then uh, you know the ipo the lic ipo and even the finance minister was talking about that yes uh, this is going to happen this year so and and uh, raising the fdi limit as well very very significant there so all these are very progressive measures because uh, you know two banks being privatized one insurance company being privatized i mean there's no reason why some insurance companies should be making losses in the public sector so privatizing them will force other insurance companies to in improve their performance uh, privatizing two banks will ensure that banks compete with the private sector banks in india lic ipo will reap a lot of rewards for the government to be able to put for education and health and uh, and for infrastructure and therefore to my mind all these are and also opening up fdi in the insurance sector and taking it up to 74% mm -hmm. will be a very very good move and will bring a lot of resources to this country and bring insurance to the vast number of indians in this country okay okay one final question sir before we let you go and this is uh, bringing you back to the disinvestment because the announcement today has been huge because the niti ayog has been tasked with identifying the next list of central public enterprises that can be the possible disinvestment target sir in that regard by when can we expect a fresh list uh, and number 2 is the target of 1.75 lakh crore rupees for this year as far as disinvestment is concerned do you believe it is achievable looking at the pandemic situation that we've been through so first of all let me say that the target of 1.75 lakhs is very very doable because uh investments uh, disinvestments across bpcl air india bml concor they are all at very very advanced stages very very advanced stages and i think that should uh you know they were impacted by covid 19 but they are at very advanced stages mm -hmm. and secondly uh let me tell you that we in niti ayog are both ready uh with asset monetization lists at a very advanced stage and also with disinvestment list we'll do okay. our homework quickly and move forward very very fast okay okay there it is thank you so much uh, mr amitabh khan there the ceo of niti ayog talking about uh, his perspective of the budget and also explaining several nuances there uh, uh, tina let's take a short break here but uh, you don't go away because when we come back we're going to talk about the text proposals the indirect and direct text proposals quite an interesting aspect and we'll explain all course, that in detail to you something that impacts us directly so don't go we'll be right back